Listen in to the forum at St. James Church. Hi, everyone. I don't hear anybody. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm sorry I kicked you guys out. It told me I had to to come in. Ah, <laughs> I what to do. You were waiting. You were waiting. Hi. Hi, Hi. Carol. Hey, Bob. Hey, Sarah. Carol. The Wades. Anne. Oh, hello. <laughs> Alexandra, it's like Christmas. Hi, Melanie. No, hello. <laughs> so how about I start us with a prayer? And we'll dive in. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Also with you. God, we thank you for the gift of our community our city, our nation, our world, our church. We give thanks for the ways that you connect us to one another and the ways that you are always challenging us to bridge the divides that we have built. We ask that you would be with us, that you would open our hearts to hear your word, to feel your wisdom, and that above all, you would open our hearts to feel and be moved by the power of your love. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, we continue with the Psalms. Oh, hey, Jay, Juanita, Ken, Christina, folks are still joining in, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get started in deference to everyone's time, and what a beautiful day it is. Um, so we are doing the Psalms, and today our topic is rage, Psalms of rage. And I got to tune in last week and I listened to some of what folks had to say about lament. And I was really struck by um, how we started last week with that question of why lament? Why lament? And you all offered a lot of responses um, that were both personal and communal. Um, you talked about illness, disappointment, difficult life circumstances, loss of a nation or nationhood, oppression wrongs. So all of those struck me as reasons why, in addition to lament, one might also rage. Um, and so I wanted to ask as a question to start okay. us off and feel free to unmute and chime in or to use That's the chat question, which is really handy. Um, what does rage feel like? What does rage feel like? Both scary and freeing. Scary and liberating. Scary and liberating. Yeah. <laughs> Ray is clapping his hands. What does rage feel like? It's intoxicating. Intoxicating. Why don't you try the chat function? Folks who can also try the chat function. What does rage feel like? I'm sorry that sometimes we have these technical glitches. I sometimes feel overpowered by my rage, almost disempowered. Sarah is deep and powerful. That's how rage makes her feel. What does rage feel like? Anger. Anger, extreme frustration. High tension. High tension. Often for me, it's out of control. Out of control. <clears throat> Uncontrolled explosion of the spirit, but with a nasty hangover of shame. Yeah. <laughs> Folks nodding. So a follow-up, as you continue to think about what rage feels like, can you imagine feeling that way in church? Ray shaking her head, his head, Sarah shaking her head. 
Alexander saying no. So I've seen some no's, some yeses. Can you imagine feeling that way in church? Can you imagine feeling that way during communal prayer in our beautiful sanctuary? No. no, no. It almost feels foreign. It's so strong. I sometimes feel when I'm really angry, I almost feel strange to myself. Sarah says, Jesus at the temple. She knows her scripture. God gets mad. Um, so now that we've spent a little bit of time thinking about what does rage feel like and can we imagine feeling that way in prayer, I think it's time for us to turn to the Psalms because the Psalms are prayers. And one of, I think, the most challenging parts of the book of Psalms is that we have prayers of rage. Um, so I'm going to share my screen and we're going to read two Psalms. Who would like to be my first reader? My first reader. I would. Christina, okay. You're going to read the first Psalm I put up on the screen, which will be Psalm 137. I need another reader. Who would be my other reader? Tony. Tony will read the second Psalm I put up, which will be Psalm 58. So, Christina, you'll be up first. I'm putting it on the screen. I'm doing a, I'm doing a screen share, if I can figure out how to do it. So I'm reading 137. I have it. Okay. Well, I'm just give me one second to put it up on the put it up on the shared screen. Okay. Here we go. Where's? It's gonna be up on the screen. All right, Christina, take it away. Psalm 137. By the waters of Babylon, we sat down and wept when we remembered you, O Zion. As for our harps, we hung them up on the trees in the midst of that land. For those who led us away, captive asked us for a song, and our oppressors called for mirth. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song upon an alien soil? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy, remember the day of Jerusalem, O Lord, against the people of Edom. You said, down with it, down with it, even to the ground. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction, Happy the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. All right, Psalm 137. And Tony, you're going to read Psalm 58. indeed decree righteousness, you rulers? Do you judge the people with equity? No. You devise evil in your hearts, and your hands deal out violence in the land. The wicked are perverse from the womb. Liars go astray from their birth. They are as venomous as a serpent. They are like the deaf, they are like the deaf adder, which stops its ears which does not heed the voice of the charmer, no matter how skillful his charming. O oh God, break their teeth in their mouths. 
Pull the fangs out of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs off. Let them wither like trodden grass. Let them be like the snail that melts away, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Before they bear fruit, let them be cut down like a briar, like thorns and thistles. Let them be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they see the vengeance. They will bathe their feet in the blood of the wicked, and they will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who rules in the earth. Harsh fare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> How can those be prayers? The ending of the first one, the dash the children on the rocks, is pretty harsh, too. Mm -hmm. You see where I was going, sort of building and building, because I, <laughs> I love Psalm 137. It's so familiar, I think, to many of us. Um, by the waters of Babylon, we laid down and wept when we remembered you, O Zion. It's so beautiful. It's full of emotions. I think all of us can recognize. And then how does it end? Blessed is he who dashes the little ones against the rocks. That means babies. You didn't hear wrong. And then Psalm 58, break their teeth in their, break their teeth in their mouth, O Lord. How can these be prayers? How can these be prayers? Is this maybe that Old Testament religion? Sometimes we hear about God is really mean in the Old Testament, but Jesus is really good. Don't take that bait. Uh, aren't, yeah, aren't, yeah. Prayers, aren't prayers our emotions? Uh, so that all emotions are, are, are given, not just the blessed God, but the anger and the rage are there. Thank you. That's Evelyn, right? Yes. Thank you, Evelyn. Yeah, all prayers are emotions, and all of them are given. Um, I kind of led you astray a little bit when I said, is that that Old Testament religion? Because Sarah brought this up at the very beginning, talking about Jesus raging in the temple. It's important for us to remember, I think particularly when we read the Psalms, that it's all one God and it's all one faith. We often talk about the Israelites as our spiritual ancestors, maybe, but I think it's important to remember that more than that, they're actually our spiritual brothers and sisters, because just like it's all one God, it's all one humanity, and we're not somehow so magically different than the people who came before us. Um, Jesus got angry, and he loved quoting the Psalms. I think something a lot of folks don't know is that the New Testament quotes the Psalms even more than they quote the prophets, Peter and Paul and Jesus. So this is a prayer. You may not hear it on a Sunday morning. Jay says the daily lectionary leaves out the second part of Psalm 137. What's up with that? We may not hear this on a Sunday morning, but just like Evelyn said, these are prayers because they are really honest and they're really open. So I want us to read another one of these Psalms of Rage, and then I'm going to say three things about how we can understand these prayers and send you into breakout rooms. All right, so would someone like to be a reader? Ah, thank you. You're going to read Psalm 109. Verses 1 through 21. I'll share my screen. Something I learned about a lot of these Psalms of Rage is that they're really long. So we'll stop at, at verse 21. 
give me a moment to share my screen. Hold not your tongue, O God of praise, for the mouth of the wicked, the mouth of the deceitful, is opened against me. They speak to me with a lying tongue. They encompass me with hateful words and fight against me without a cause. Despite my love, they accuse me. But as for me, I pray for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked man against him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty and let his appeal be in vain. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife become a widow. Let his children be waifs and beggars. Let them be driven from the ruins of their homes. Let the creditor seize everything he has. Let strangers plunder his gains. Let there be no one to show him kindness and none to pity his fatherless children. Let his, his descendants be destroyed and his name be blotted out in the next generation. Let the wickedness of his fathers be remembered before the Lord and his mother's sin not be blotted out. Let their sin be always before the Lord, but let him root out the name, their names from the earth. Because he did not remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy and sought to kill the brokenhearted, he loved cursing, let it come upon him. He took no delight in blessing, let it depart from him. He put on cursing like a garment, let it soak into his body like water and, to, and into his bones like oil. Let it be to him like the cloak which he wraps around himself and like the belt that he wears continually. Let this be the recompense from the Lord to my accusers and to those who speak evil against me. But you, O Lord my God, O deal, deal with me according to your name. For your tender mercy's sake, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Feels like a good place to stop. To say all those terrible things, let his children be fatherless, let the creditors come for everything that he has. And then also to say, God, hear me, for my heart is wounded within me. And I think that humanness, whether it is personal when we read it in our own devotion or communal when we think about our whole church community or Christian community, um, it's so personal and it's and it's it really is a great introduction to what i think the cursing psalms are i think these cursing psalms help us to deal with our anger these really powerful and extreme and terrible emotions emotions that not only overtake us but also can maybe make us feel shame i think these cursing psalms help us to deal with our anger through our faith we don't hold it apart in these prayers and call it wrong and think we have to deal with rage somehow before we can be seen by God. These really put it all out there and say, God, you have made me, you know me, this is my stuff. We need healing of our rage, not through hiding or forgetting, but through bringing it all to God. So I think there are three things about the cursing Psalms that are helpful to remember. So these are my, my three things. They give us words for our anger. That's number one. They give us words for our anger. When I think sometimes we are too stunned or caught off guard by the way that we feel. These cursing psalms give us words for our anger. 
And I think in doing so, we can actually clearly hear sin and confusion. When, when it's within us, it may just all be emotion and the feeling of being wronged. But I think that gives us words for our anger and it helps us to hear our own selves clearly. And in doing so, I think it helps us to move beyond that blind, unknowing, overpowered feeling that we talked about at the beginning. The second thing is anger, even vengeful anger, is a way to access God. Because all of these Psalms are prayers to God. They start by invoking God. In Psalm 55, it says, God who is enthroned of old will hear me and bring them down. I don't know if God's going to bring them down, but God does hear you. All of these Psalms really deal in true characteristics of God, characteristics of God that we often hear lifted up in moments of praise and joy and thanksgiving. They're also modeled being lifted up in moments of total despair. We hear that God is a just judge, that God cares for us, that we are God's creation and made in God's image. All these positive truths of our faith are modeled as present even in the most terrible anger in the prayers of the Psalms. And the third is the cry of anger and vengeance in these prayers takes the form of asking God to act. This isn't God bless me, I'm driving to the, gu- to the gun store. This isn't I've got my gasoline ready to go, so when you say the word God, I'm gonna light them up. Cause that's the terrible stuff that, that are being asked for in some of these Psalms, destruction. It is all being asked of God and by being asked of God, being left up to God. And we all know from our own lives of prayer that leaving action up to God limits what we can do. It's bringing all this stuff to God and saying, God, you do it. But that in another, in a strange way, takes the anger and the rage out of our own hands. I've said all my crazy stuff to you, God. I said that I'd like you to break their teeth in their mouths so you do it. It's not saying and I'm pulling back my arm to punch. Leaving our enemies in God's hands with our anger voiced and acknowledged is the real first step in praying for them. I don't know about you, but I have never been good at sweeping all of that aside without dealing with it first. I have never been able to sweep real rage away. And I find that sometimes praying for my enemies without thinking about why I am mad at them and why they are my enemies can lead to some pretty hollow prayers. I don't know if others have experienced that, but I think the Psalms of rage can be a gift to us in actually one day being able to pray for our enemies. First, we actually have to deal with the rage. And I haven't even gotten to the idea of righteous rage. I'm just talking about our sort of personal anger at others that we know that God has has asked us to put aside. For example, in Matthew, he says, go make peace with your brother before you come to the altar. We know that God would like us to put our personal stuff to deal with it in some way. But I haven't even gotten to righteous rage and why a whole community might feel enraged and whether or not the rage of a community is also just in the eyes of God. So we're heading to a breakout room soon, but I want to pause because I just put a bunch of stuff at you. I just wanted to be mindful of time. 
Do folks have reactions, questions? Juanita. I think that what's moving for me in terms of these Psalms, and I won't even go into why personally this weekend it's particularly moving to me, is more that um, it makes me feel like it reinforces the idea we have a relationship with God, that we can be that candid with him. Uh, in other words, if you have no one else to blurt out to, this is pretty good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's my thought. I, th I think it's the first step towards healing a relationship is to be able to come openly to God. It's the first step of bringing God into this situation. And, and it's very intense because it's all bottled up inside. And uh, so this is your first step of walking with God in the situation. I like that. This is the first step of walking with God. Other, other reactions, perhaps in light of what's happening right now? I, it's a, for me, it's, a, it's just another reminder that I can trust God in this relationship. Because uh, uh, echoing off of what others have beautifully shared, you know, I can go to other people in, in rage or whatever, and they may not be able to support it. They may not be able to listen. They may not, and I'm not asking them to act, you know, on my behalf, but maybe they, they're, it's too vulnerable for them to be a recipient of my rage, even as a friend. So to go to God, who is so steadfast, no matter what happens in my life, you know, he can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I can be as rageful as I want. I can be as angry and say, oh, I want to exact vengeance on this person. I want And God isn't going to say, I don't want anything more of you. Yeah. He's going to listen. And he may say to me, calm down and, and make peace. <laughs> but he, but he, he is able to absorb and take my rage. And the um, beautiful strength of our relationship is left unharmed. Mm. I like that, that the strength of the relationship with God is left unharmed, that you can express anything. And it seems so straightforward when you say it that way, but I think sometimes it's worth reminding ourselves, God is the master of the universe. There's nothing your words are going to do to him, except be heard, except be known, except be loved. I think sometimes, even in our own prayer lives, we can self-edit. Maybe this is me sharing something about myself. I don't know. But we can self-edit and forget that God is not, we're not going to show God anything that he doesn't already know. And he's, we're not going to show God anything that he can't handle. Um, I, uh, I did want to say um, that rage is, is so strong a word. It's so powerful. It's so negative. Um, I don't think I've ever felt that, really. But I did want to say that we have to promote forgiveness. That's a good point. It's, and I see the nods, um, Christina and Ken. Um, rage, is, rage is negative, rage is painful. Um, we might have made light a little bit of it before when we were talking about how does rage feel, but I think rage is an intense emotion and its expression as we hear in the Psalms can mean harm, at least spiritually, towards those who are its target. But I also think it's a real challenge to us that this stuff is scripture. 
This is given to us not only by our tradition, but through the wisdom of God. And I want us to remind ourselves, Jesus didn't just turn over temples. He named his enemies and listed them and proclaimed woe unto them, which is really hard for us sometimes. And I think there's something very powerful in reminding ourselves that while we often encounter the Psalms in personal de devotion, and they can become tools for us of personal prayer, they are communal prayers. And the Bible is shot through with the knowledge and the recognition on the part of God in the coming of Jesus, in those beautiful passages from Isaiah, what we heard in Zechariah this morning. God recognizes that people are oppressed, that people are enraged, and that he wants their pain and oppression to end. So I want us to read another psalm, um, and I'm going to send you guys into breakout rooms for a few minutes, and I'll put the questions for the breakout rooms um, on after I show you the psalm. And I'll, Ava? I'll, yes? Ava, can I just, uh, I heard the word forgiveness, yeah. and I think that this uh, rage that we can get out first before God, not our friends, but before God, is, is the step our willingness to forgive and it's a process mm -hmm. and it begins with owning the feeling and then in inviting God into it and then walking through it whether God works uh, this way and there may be things we have to do but I have seen this happen to me in the healing prayer the mm -hmm. minute I went up and just said I need to forgive so-and-so I came back and I knew I knew what to do I knew that God's with me. So I think it's it's a process of forgiveness. Can I say that? I like that, that it's a process. Thank you, Evelyn. I'm reminded that um, we don't pray a general confession once, and then we're good with God, and God has not only taken away our sin, but helped us to never sin again. We pray that prayer of confession every single week. Um, that really it is a process. And I think, Evelyn, you used that phrase, walking with God, before. And I'm so sorry, Bible study people, because you're probably tired of listening to me talk about the songs. Um, but I always love to share that Hebrew law is called halakha, walking with God. It's not words handed down from on high that are static and unchanging. It's a process of being in a relationship. So, would someone like to read a psalm? What psalm are we reading? Let's read um, some of Psalm 55. I have to figure out the verses. I just realized I didn't, um, I didn't leave this one quite as ready. If someone could read um, verses 11 through 21 of Psalm 55. 11 through 21, and I'll put it on the screen. Someone like to be a reader. Wendy, will you unmute? I'm asking you to unmute. All right. Give me one second. To, yeah, let me give you, give me one second to get the psalm up here. Okay. Let's say. Okay. Okay. Day and night. The watchmen make their rounds upon her walls, but trouble and misery are in the midst of her. There is corruption at her heart. 
Her streets are never free of oppression and deceit. For it had been an adversary who taunted me, then I could have borne it. Or had it been an enemy who vaunted himself against me, then I could have hidden from him. But it was you, a man after my own heart, my companion, my own familiar friend. We took sweet counsel together and walked in with the throng in the house of God. Let death come upon them suddenly. Let them go down alive to the grave. For wickedness is in their dwellings, in their very midst. But I will call upon God, and the Lord will deliver me in the morning, uh, in the evening, in the morning, and at noonday. I will complain and lament, and he will hear my voice. He will bring me safely back from the battle waged against me, for there are many who fight me. God, who is enthroned of old, will hear me and bring them down. They never change. They do not fear God. My companion stretched forth his hand against his comrade. He has broken his covenant. Is there more? No. No, that's a good place to stop. Um, I wanted us to read that because it's also a reminder that these communal prayers of rage are not just directed at invisible enemies. Um, I love this verse 13 and 14. For had it been an adversary who taunted me, then I could have borne it. Or had it been an enemy who vaunted himself against me, then I could have hidden from him. But it was you, a man after my own heart, my companion and my own familiar friend. So I uh, am going to put us into breakout rooms. And uh, the questions are two. The first is, is it hard for you to express anger? Perhaps it's just your temperament. Perhaps it's the way you were raised. Some people don't have shouting families. I had a shouting family, but not everybody does. Um, is it hard for you to express anger? Maybe there's that shame or embarrassment that Ray talked about. Do these Psalms change that? Do you have anger that you wanna to bring to God? And so I'd like you guys to talk in, in breakout rooms about, uh, about the experience of rage. Is it hard for you? Do you feel like you can bring God your rage? So let's see. I can do this. Breakout rooms. Here we go. To learn more about St. James Church, visit stjames.org. That's stjames.org.